0: Welcome to the Post-Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post-Sunday Podcast.
1: What is going on, Post-Sunday Podcasters? Welcome to another episode of Post-Sunday Podcast. I'm excited. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra. I'm here with my co-host, Pastor Tim Grantstaff. How's it going, my man?
2: Post-Mother's Day. woo! We're dragging a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm not going to lie. It's I one am. of those days yep.
2: where you, three services and <laughs> Mother's Day. All Our wives are going to be like your sissies. Yeah, But we're dragging today. Just yeah, a
1: bit. just a bit. I, I had all the cooking duties uh, on top of some cleaning duties on top of some other extra duties. <laughs> all the duties fell on me this weekend, but it's all good. I love my wife. I, I want to make sure she was taken care of. So, And
2: she was. I she, woke up today, went and made a cup of coffee, came back. Where's my cup of coffee? I searched all over. Where's my cup of coffee? I couldn't find it anywhere. Then I realized I never put a cup down. So I made my cup of coffee out of the Keurig and it went straight in the little like drain into the base. And so all my coffee was in the base of the Keurig. (laughs) 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 Then I turned around to make an egg and I cracked the egg and let the egg go down the sink and put the shell in the dish. And I thought, I got to step back and recalibrate. Right now, it's <laughs> <laughs> that morning. Right now,
1: we, yeah, we're a little <laughs> bit off today. So you know, if things are a little bit uh, weird here at the show, you know, you know why we're we're giving you the back end stories on it. But we are excited, man. Um, like we, uh, like I said, Pastor Johnny with you here today, and we're just excited, man. If you're with us for the first time, welcome to Post Sunday Podcast. Um. What is the podcast? Uh, basically, we're just dedicated, man. Really, to diving deeper into the Word of God. We love Scripture. Yeah, we're 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 coming off of the never ending story, year long series that we're doing at Genesis Church Orlando. That you're welcome to join us in. You can follow us at Genesis Church Orlando on YouTube or Facebook. You can watch us live at nine thirty or eleven. We do have a eight fifteen service as well. But everything is coming really out of that, um, just that chunk of time that we're having, uh, and really talking deep into scripture. We've got some really good stuff this coming, uh, today, episode 20, but you guys can check us out. We have 19 episodes for you to binge on, uh, on Spotify and iTunes at post Sunday podcast, but on YouTube Dot com you are able to find us we got five we'll, we'll have five sessions available for you guys here uh, four of them available up now so you guys on demand can check that out. If you're more of a visual person that's uh, a great outlet to uh, just really again get some more content uh, inside uh, your heart and spirit. But, uh yeah, we're on episode 20 now, and I'm looking forward to it. It was a really good one, man you you brought some really good stuff, and uh, this is one of those like uh you were saying you were trying to find some stuff on this particular character, and it just became it, it was uh there wasn't really a lot out there
2: yeah it's it's weird to to take this character that we talk about today, and when you search you can you can always find things, but we want to find that like next level stuff, yeah that really takes you inside the story. And that's because as we're journeying through this, that is the goal. Like you have to love storytelling because God is the best storyteller. Yeah. So when you begin to see the story playing out and you begin to see pieces, like we've said, like, every chapter, every book is, is a sequel. It's, it's the next part. It's the next part in the story. So when it connects back and, and you see this in this character and you see this playing out, it just shows you how God is working and maneuvering his story. that mm. As we say, is a never ending story because just as it was working then, it is still working now. It works forever. Yep. And so all of our listeners, all of our watchers, this is a resource for you to come alongside of us and learn the word of God in a way you possibly have never learned it before.
1: Yeah, big time. And uh, a lot of the content, if you want to go even further with us, uh, Orlando.com backslash the never-ending story, you can get pretty much uh, just from start to start to where we are right now on everything. Um, but yeah, it's been exciting to dive into scripture. Uh, I'm actually a um, little, little ahead, but... Um, uh, I was really reading through the story of Daniel and uh, and I was uh, I was blessed to preach on the story of Joseph and there's just you can catch some similarities in, yeah. in what God is doing so but yeah we'll get there soon but anyways Joshua uh, we're going to hint a little bit on Joshua on Joshua uh, chapter one verse two because we just we're basically finished from one main character transitioning over to another one. And so Joshua 1, 2 basically starts it off for us, but it says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, this is God speaking, go over to go over this Jordan and uh, this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. No man shall be, and now uh, 5 and 6, chapter 1, 5 and 6, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you uh, or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them.
2: Yeah, so we're we're at the part where now Moses is dead, as we've said, Joshua is the now. Yeah. He's that next leader for Israel. He has been chosen by God. He has been handed the baton from Moses. He's a central character. Obviously, it's the book of Joshua, but he's that next gen leader. Yeah. You know, and so when you're looking for biblical leadership qualities, he's a great person to be studying and looking at. And, you know, for all of us that are looking to lead at the, the best levels we can mm. for God in all areas of life, Joshua is someone to really look at and say, what was it about this guy that Moses, you know, disciples and brings him under his wing? What is it about this guy that he gets to go halfway up the mountain of God when the rest of Israel doesn't? This guy is the one leading the battle when Moses is up top and his hands are, you know, stretched out in prayer as he's interceding. It's Joshua. And so Joshua is this guy that that, that God says, you're the one after 40 years that's going to take these people into the promised land. And we're at that moment. We're at that moment where we said that this is the story connecting itself. So the the people that, that sit around, they go, well, they're just different books and different authors. And and none of it makes sense to me. Like we're going from Abraham to this moment mm. in a flash. Yeah. God promised Abraham, you'll have as many descendants as the stars and the, the sand on the sea. And then I will give you a promised land, a land that you will inherit, and here they are about to enter into that promised land with this brand new leader, Joshua.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's it's no, it's a tall task. So you know that that hence why God is bringing that encouragement, you know, like really affirming him, like, "Hey, you got this," you know, because it's a tall task. Um, Moses was a really like central figure for these people you know, and for someone else now to take the reins and the baton, it was a big deal. And so uh,
2: you can imagine when you're, when you're coming behind somebody mm -hmm. in a role, in a position, at a job, on a team, whatever. And there was that superstar in front of you. There was that boss that everybody loved in front of you. Like you got to come behind Moses. Like those are big shoes to fill. Yeah. And so just like everyone else, there's got to be insecurities. There's got to be inhibitions. There's got to be those moments where he's wondering, am I the one qualified to lead all these people? Wow. Am I the one that is really ready to march these people into the promised land? He has seen, he has heard their yeah. disobedience. They're mumbling, they're grumbling. He knows what types of people they are. And he has to step into his own leadership role yeah. according to what God has asked him to do, which is key for all of us, right? Like, like you've come behind other people here at Genesis and your job isn't just to replace them. Your job is to be the best version of you as a leader here at Genesis church, mm-hmm. you know, and for all of us in those roles, whoever we're coming behind, whatever role we're, we're replacing. Yeah. Our job is to be the best version of us for God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, it's the truth. i you know, you feel that, uh, I, I can only relate that to what I've been through as well. You guys saw that firsthand. Yeah. So just, you know, coming in and having already a, a great team, you know, that's that's the one thing. I think uh, when Moses was able to assemble um, the people to assist uh, in different things, uh, responsibilities, um, that was a good step, you know, to really take a little bit of the pressure off. Um, and so it was a great move from him or his father-in-law, Jethro. Um. But yeah, and, and I've seen it. You know, not not to, uh, not to get off subject, but I've seen it uh, in in just the football sense. I'm a I'm a Packer fan, and I've seen it twice now. You know, legends. You know, with Brett Favre coming in, now it's like, oh my gosh, now you got a guy coming in that sat under him for four years, and we don't know what to expect. And there he there he becomes another great legend, and now he just left, and now we're uh, we're we're facing a you know we're in the same same predicament. And so you just don't know. You just have to be who you are, stand firm with who God's called you to be, um, and trust and believe. And so you said it, you know, in, in, in our time together, but God keeps his story moving with or without you. I love that, man. That was, that was a great piece. I think people need to understand that. Um, because you are not the central figure of the story. Many people have placed themselves as the central figure of their even you know and, 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 and again, it's our life we we put ourselves we're the central figure of our life, of course, but i, I think we think that God can't fulfill his purposes without us, and that's a misconception uh, and something that we have to realize God's going to listen, if you don't want it, there's somebody else that wants it.
2: Yeah, we we there's probably two. Buckets of people. Yeah. There's the arrogant. Yeah. God can't do this without me. Right? And then we're reminded God doesn't need you. Mm-hmm. But God wants you. The other bucket, I think, are the people that, like, when you say, well, God will will keep this going with or without you. They're like, well, then I don't feel needed. Therefore, why should I even try? Mm-hmm. Like, w- why why should I put forth anything then? If he's going to keep it going, he's going to accomplish it with or without me. And that's the point. Like not only is he going to accomplish it with or without you because he is faithful to his promises and this is his story. He's going to make sure it gets done. The flip side is he's inviting you to be a part of it. We'll see that as we unfold this and unpack this a little bit more. And the honor and the privilege of being invited into that for something that is bigger than yourself, that is, that, that goes far beyond you that lasts longer than even your life here on earth does for generations to come is all being given to you mm-hmm. and offered to you. Why would you sit back and go, well, if he's going to do it with or without me, then let him figure out someone else to do it with. Instead, no God, I want you to choose me and I want you to want me. So I, I want to be a part of this yeah. because of those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. And so here God himself is pretty much reiterating himself um to Joshua and telling him, listen, uh, in verse 9, chapter 1, verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Reminding him, right? Cuz it is there there is a there's a tall task up ahead of them. Um so with not only inheriting a huge responsibility, now you're you're about to transition millions of people into something that's going to change their life and something that is going to fulfill prophecy and what God has spoken. And so there is that second round of encouragement. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So there is that again reaffirmation like I am with you. I'm 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 guiding you. And so that yeah. leaves us into Joshua 2:1 and Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly to uh, how can we
2: say that shidim? She-team. She-team. However, as we said yesterday, you can say shidim cuz that's probably better than when people say shitim and then everybody wonders <laughs> what did they just say? What? And you hear that more often, but the more appropriate, or I want to say appropriate, the more literal translation yeah. is she team. She, gotcha. You know, the place. And so uh, that's a, an important part of the story. We'll get to that in just a moment, but I'll let you continue. Yeah.
1: And so uh, he tells them, uh, he sends the two spies to go over to the land. He says, go view the land, especially Jericho. Um, And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. I'm curious, man, like, out of all people, right, like, whose doors are kind of always open in a sense?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so, back up for just a (laughs) moment. Yeah, okay, okay. If you're Joshua, and you've been told, You're leading the people into the promised land. I know where you're going with this. Be strong and courageous. And the first time you send men out, (laughs) they go into the house of a prostitute. You've already got problems, right? (laughs) Like you've already got leadership problems. You've already got people on your team. It's true, man. Are not possibly, because it doesn't say, but we'll, we'll take some, some, moments here to unpack this, yeah. exactly their intentions. But imagine you just get this report back. Like the spies went to Jericho, but they're hiding overnight in a prostitute's house. <laughs> as a leader, you have to be going back going, God, you told me be strong and yeah. courageous. You would be with me. God, you told me. It's like someone today is listening and watching, and they're needing to hear that from God because they're facing yeah. some crazy circumstance yeah. in their home, in their marriage, at their workplace, as a leader. And that, that, those words that God said to Joshua are just as true for him as they are for us. Yeah. Be strong and courageous because it's not just strong and courageous as we know it. It is, it is a spiritual strong and courageous. Let's be very clear on that. Because we know our strength is in the Lord, right? Yeah. So we can't do things in our own strength. So just to hear be strong doesn't mean, oh, you just think you're strong enough to work through whatever it is in front of you and you're going to overcome it. We have strength that comes from the Lord. It's a different strength, therefore we also have a different courage, right? Mm-hmm. Joshua has seen God with them all the way to this moment. As you said, he knows the fulfillment of prophecy is happening on his watch. So his courage, his ability to take that that risk as a leader, doesn't mean he doesn't have fears because God tells him, "Don't be afraid." God's just letting him know, "I'm with you." Mm-hmm. Keep that strength when you're close to me, keep that courage because you're going to face some things. And the very first mission you send out, you got two spies that out of all of Jericho, like my mind goes, could you have hidden under the hay in the back of a wagon? Like you see in the movies <laughs> tied to horses or donkeys. Isn't there somewhere else you could have find to hide and no one could find you, but you find the prostitute's house in to the hide
1: prostitute's in, house. right? Um, it's either very crazy or very smart because, like, I, it could be one of the last locations you're really, I mean, you would be caught, right? Like, if, let's just say they're, they're kind of Jericho and their soldiers are kind of just in this watchful mindset and protective and guarding of, of some sort, I mean, a prostitute's house is kind of the last place you're you're really thinking your enemy is going to be at,
2: but they, they're, they're seen going in because the report goes to the King. Mm. So they weren't so wise, right? Yeah. The King and the people know where the spies are. So let's unpack this for a moment. Now I'm, someone's going to lose their mind <laughs> as we do this. Right. <laughs> what I'm going to say is that the text does not clearly tell us yeah. their intentions, right? It doesn't tell it clearly tell us their actions. Yeah. So I don't want to falsely create a scenario. However, the scriptures do give us some nuances that I don't know if people really understand. Mm. Numbers chapter 25, right? When uh, Israel, it says, lived in Sheetim. Not shit them. Let's be clear for our listeners. And and someone just turned this on, the volume on, with their kids in the car, and they heard that word. We apologize. (laughs) Mom and dad, what are you listening to? It's the (laughs) pastor of our church. When they lived there, the people began to whore with the daughters of Moab. Ah, Mm. the Moabites. Yeah. Which we're going to find out in a few weeks. Ruth is a Moabite, but that's another day, another time. Yeah. These invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, the Moab people, the Moabites, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel yoked himself to Baal, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, take all the chiefs of the people and hang them in the sun before the Lord, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel and Moses said to the judges of Israel, each of you kill those of his men who have yoked themselves to Baal. Mm. Why are we reading this passage of scripture? Because this passage of scripture tells us that when they were in this same place, She-Team, back a few years prior, right? Yeah. That the men were choosing to sleep with and have sexual relations with the Moabite women which was against God's commands, against his rules, against his instructions, because God told them, if you do this, they will not only seduce you, you will be, you will be seduced into worshiping their gods. Mm. You, will, you will not just do this act. You will now turn from me because of it. So when the story opens up and it tells us in chapter 2, that Joshua sent two men secretly from mm. There is an, a, a there is a connection there. That these men are from the place where previously men were deciding to have sexual relations wow. with the Moabite women, which was pulling them away from God. Wow! These men go into the city and they choose to go into a prostitute's house. That's crazy. Now, once again... The scripture in the text does not tell us any of the actions that went on. Yeah. Therefore, we don't know. But there is a little connection here to as why did they choose this? Now, we know as we unpack this, God is ultimately going to use Rahab in his story, period, yeah. for what takes place from her. Right? And so we're not saying that something happened, but we're wondering why they chose a prostitute's house. Right? Mm-hmm. And so their, their, what would you say? Their, um, their intentions may have been different than their actions, right? And what played out. And so we don't know this fully, but there's a little bit there to give you a little glimpse that, oh, okay. Because everyone's like, why'd they choose a prostitute's house? Yeah.
1: Yeah. oh no, it's, it's, I mean, it's a legit question to ask, you know, and we just don't know. But I like that, that back end, um. Back-end story there, or just to bring a little bit of context behind that a little bit, right? Yeah. But, you know, as as we were saying on Sunday, a story is just a story till it's in God's hands for his glory. And so we all know that God is working together for the good. He's putting everything together. We don't understand sometimes why he's choosing certain routes um, and certain people. But he is he's the, he's, he's the master builder. you know he is the one that is putting everything together. And so, yeah, so here we are. Rahab now is a central figure of who you dialed in on on Mother's Day. Um, talk to us a little bit about her, um, because Rahab obviously is a female. She's a Canaanite. She's a prostitute, resident of Jericho. She's got a lot of things going against her.
2: Yeah. She's the the most unlikely character to show up big time. And as you said, we're doing this on mother's day. So (laughs) there's no way to, to skirt around it. Yep. And there are some people that they want to use this term for Rahab that, uh, can also mean like innkeeper. Oh, she was just an innkeeper. Right. And, and so, uh, I think it's the Hebrew term can kind of go both ways. And mm. it, I think that for them, that kind of softens the story a little bit. And you're like, no, she's a prostitute. Like it clearly says that in the new Testament in the Greek in James chapter two and in, in Hebrews chapter 11, like they, they refer to her as that because it, it shall, it tells the nuance of the story of how God is going to use this woman, this woman that is the most unlikely character. So this isn't just for women. I think. I think this is for men in the sense of there are so many people that feel like I'm the most unlikely person that God could use. Mm. I don't have the qualifications. I don't have the talents. I don't have the gifts. I don't have the abilities. I don't have the leadership levels. I don't have the the story. I don't. I don't have the cre- the squeaky clean. You know, uh, uh, testimony. Mine is deep. Mine is dark. Mine is filled with this. I belong on Jerry Springer. I don't belong. You know on a show or on on a platform or whatever for Jesus. And Rahab tells us completely different. As you said, she's a female first and foremost. Therefore she has really no authority and no voice within her culture. On top of that, she's a prostitute. So she is looked down by everyone in her city. And she is she is shunned. She is shamed. She is the the dirty prostitute. And you can think of every other word that could be used within that. You know, because they're all there. I mean, the Bible's very strong. Even in Numbers, it says that the men whored around with the women of Moab. And so I'm sure she was called a whore and, and everything else. This is this is her reputation. On top of that, she's a Canaanite. In which God told the nation of Israel, you are to go into these places and leave nothing breathing. And one of those places would be the place of the people, the Canaanites. And she's in Jericho. This is the first city they're coming in to overthrow. So there is nothing going for her in the story. Anybody that wakes up today and feels like, I am at a dead end. I am looking down a long, black, dark tunnel. I look in the mirror and I think, there's no hope and there's no future. Like this is what she she should see in front of her, can see in front of her, should see. But God's story is going to tell us something different. That a story is just a story till it's in God's hands for his glory. It's amazing, as we said yesterday, you don't know the two spies' names at all. Mm. These two men that are sent in, that end up in her place, it tells us that they lodged there. We don't know their names. They're not the central figure. Rahab becomes the central figure of this story. Wow.
1: And so Joshua 2, 2 through 3, then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, Bring out the men who have come to you who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. So, like you were saying, they were spotted. They were they were seen yeah, going into they didn't, this. They didn't creep in.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they they didn't like Come in, you so know, they weren't in the nighttime. Good, yeah, they, <laughs> they weren't, weren't the spies. best spies, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so we have two things. Joshua first has a report that the guys are in in the in the in the house he chose of a, prostitute. a Prostitutes house, but we might, and we suck ask at the question, spying part, too. Joshua, did you choose the best <laughs> men, right? Joshua, did you choose the best men for the job because uh, they get caught? Yeah. Now the language says that they've come into your house. So there's another just, of course the king and the people there are going to think the spies went into the house of a prostitute because she's a prostitute, Mm. right? So they know that they're there. We know now reading the story, Rahab is a very intelligent woman. Yeah. She is, she's more cunning than the king. She takes these men up on her roof and she hides them. Mm. Now, we've seen rendered drawings of stuff back then. We know that it's not too hard to search around houses and huts back then no. to find men. On top of that, she lies and says they left in the middle of the night and they go chasing after them. Mm. She diverts like his cavalry. So she's very intelligent, and we are gonna find out a little bit more about that in how she speaks to the spies.
1: Yeah. So we resume uh, in Joshua 2 9 through 11. And said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. Uh, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of Amor- of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to uh, Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven. He is God in the heavens above and or, and on the earth beneath. So, um, yeah, I mean, she's basically saying like, hey, I, we've heard what your God has been doing. You know, like what you guys are going through out there in that desert place, we we know what's happening. We're hearing the stories. Um, I thought that was cool, man.
2: Yeah, it's I, really cool because you you have to think in the story right now. No one went and told them, no no Israelite. Yeah. They've seen yep. and heard. Yeah. And
1: so I just, I don't know, man, I, I you know, God will make known what he wants to make known, and I love that, right? And even in the middle of their frustration, anger towards God and why they're taking this uh, alternate route and all these different changes happening in their life, God, on the other hand, is uh, displaying his work. Someone else is seeing that and saying, Oh, my gosh, God. Look at what your God is doing, and yet you cannot even see it, right? I, I When I say that, I think of Jacob, right, and how he said, uh, all my day, or God was in this place, and I did not even see him, right? Yeah. And I feel like that is the Israelites. It's like God God has displayed and done all these things, yet you don't see it, yet other people have to tell you that he is doing what he's doing for you to just open your eyes and see God is great, man. His grace has been sufficient for you, man. I think that I thought that was that was amazing.
2: That that is that is in essence what we're trying to get people to understand. Yeah. God makes himself known. Yeah. When people say, Where is God? I don't see God, you are choosing to reject the message. You're choosing to reject the signs. You're choosing to reject the beauty of it. You know, what do the scriptures tell us? All creation declares his glory. Jesus comes along and says, like, Hey if you if you don't worship me right even the rocks will cry out mm. like so here we have no Israelite has run to Jericho and said, let me tell you about my God <laughs> right They're not on the great commission that Jesus sent his disciples on yeah. and yet we've seen what your God has done That's good, so man. here's the cool part is that like she does something that most of us don't do and most people don't most people are still saying, I want to know who God is. I'm having a hard time figuring out God. I I don't know if I want to trust and believe him. I haven't seen his work yet. I haven't heard from him. She has none of those excuses. Yeah. She says, "I know who your God is." Mm. She has she knows the God of Israel, as we said. Then she begins to speak of all his powerful miracles, the very things Israel keeps forgetting and grumbling about like he gives them battle and victory and they come back in the next battle. And like God's not with us. Remember they're mumbling and groaning to, and crying out to Moses. Where is God? And she's like, we know he part of the red sea. We know he gave you victory in those battles. And then she comes back and she makes the, the grandest proclamation of belief. She says, I believe in Yahweh. I believe in the great I am. She says, I believe he is Lord. He is God of the heavens above and the earth below. Here is this prostitute in this city that Israel is supposed to annihilate. And she is turning around to these two spies that have entered her house for whatever reasons and purposes. And she's going, I know who your God is. I know how powerful your God is. And I have full trust and belief that he is God of all all things that's deeply profound Mm.
1: and she knows like you said what their purpose is so she has every right to just like not help them correct you know and so like I, i know what you're here for and i'm part of that plan in a sense of like you coming in to destroy us so if you need me i'm these are this this is some of the things that I'm gonna need you to do for me, right? Like yeah. there is there there is uh she's, she's smart. She
2: she's starts smart. out, I know the Lord has given you this yeah. land. Yeah. So you're telling me that Rahab the prostitute knows the promise to Abraham? So if a prostitute knows that. She knows the promise to Abraham. I know the Lord is gonna give you this. But then land. a lot of people in Jericho know that. It's crazy. That's how good God is at letting himself be made known. Mm. It's like when when you go to college and you know, at some point I think uh, I think you're always studying and you're always learning, that's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. But I think some people just want to study and learn with no purpose in sight. Mm-hmm. You know So you inevitably you get into these theological debates, like, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there does it doesn't make a sound, right? And then you get into the greater debates of like,, um, well, if, if no one gets to this village and tells them about God, how will they ever know? Isn't, that's not fair. They're not going to know, and then we see throughout Scripture. Wait a second. God makes Himself known. God will make Himself. God known. makes His stories known. Yep. God makes His power known. Yep. It's God's story. He will make. It, he will reveal Himself how He needs to, yep. to whomever He needs to do it. That's how great he is. That's why we are so enthralled with this story. This is why we devote our lives to this story. This is why we give our all to this story. This is why we're inviting people in. Let us teach you the story. Like there is no greater story you could ever, ever place yourself in that you could ever write for yourself than the story of God. It has that much power. It is the only story throughout the history of the world that is living and active. It's powerful.
1: And it doesn't matter what you've been through. You can rewrite some things in your in your story yes. and integrate it into the bigger picture of things. And so Rahab, you know, obviously as we're reading through scripture, she recognizes Israel's God. She recognizes the power of God. She recognizes the rule and reign of God. And here is kind of her, uh, her intelligence. She goes on in Joshua 2, 12 through 13. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you will also deal kindly with my father's house, and give me a sure sign that you will save, uh, that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. Right, and so
2: it's that she, family piece. You know, she has taken big risks. Yeah. She has brought the spies in. She has lied to the king. Her life is now on the line. Yeah. She knows this. Like you said, she's, she's really intelligent. And she knows now she's endangered her family. I still think about like there, 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 there had to have been a divide. If your daughter's a prostitute, as a parent, you struggle with that. Like there's probably not just this, this great relationship, mm-hmm. right? You know? And so I'm sure her family had shunned her. I'm sure her family had felt shame knowing that their daughter had become a prostitute, the the black sheep of the family. Like anybody feeling that today, you can relate to this Rahab story. And yet instead of going, well, they don't care about me. Well, they shun me all the time. They've made me the black sheep. I'm in it for me. We see her heart, Mm. her heart unfold. Hey, I don't want just salvation for me. I want salvation for my mom, my dad, my brothers and sisters, my family. And now we're not just seeing this intelligent woman. We're seeing this very compassionate woman that realizes life is more important than herself.
1: That's awesome. That's good. And so here, here she is. She's basically now going to give them the plan. Joshua 2, 18 through 21. Behold, When we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house, your father, your mother, your brother, and all your father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of the house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on your head. So um I, I love the analogy or the similarity to another story that we recently went through um on Easter. Yeah, Tell us about that. It's
2: the connections, right? Yeah. This is yeah. the part that gets us all Super geeked good. up. Like like this is where the long story shrinks because all of a sudden it kind of like pulls it in because it's being pulled by two points that connect in such a strong way. Yeah. So we've heard this language before and we've now learned it if you've been on this adventure with this or you knew that story. You just didn't realize how it related to this one. It is the Passover. It is the instructions. Go into your home. Take the blood of the lamb. Put it over your door. Mm. Stay in your household all night, and if That's you good. stay there and don't come out, then when when death comes through Egypt, you will be saved, right? And so now this is their... Their words back to her, their instructions, take this red scarlet cord that you let us down with, hang it over your, your house. Bring your family in, your father, your mother, your brothers and sisters. Don't leave. Don't go out. When the battle begins and the battle's raging and you hear it all around you, yeah. just like they would have heard the, the screams and, and, and the agony when, when death was coming through Egypt, stay in that house. That is your Good. protection point. Yeah. You will be saved. And this is that constant reminder, as we said, God never changes his instructions for salvation. He never changes his requirements. It is no different then than it is now that we enter into, we come into the house, the family of God, under the blood of Jesus, and we stay there. We stay there. That's the safest place to be is in and under the blood of Jesus. That's how we have salvation. That's amazing, man.
1: And so we see that in Joshua uh, 4. Well, now we're moving into Joshua 4, 6, and 7. It says that this may be a sign... Among you, when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Can you explain a little bit of that? Yeah, yeah. So we we, we jumped to the end. And the
2: reason we jumped, people can go back and read, is because chapter 3 is really them crossing that Jordan to get to the other side. And they're getting there because they're entering not just the promised land, they're getting ready to come enter into battle with Jericho. And God instructs them, take the Ark of the Covenant, which is what was inside, you know, the, the, um, the tabernacle. And so that they were, that they had during the wilderness and inside that ark, they were to place the 10 commandments. They were to place Aaron's staff. They were to place, you know, man the bread of God. So here's all these symbols from, from, and things from the Exodus that have, come through their generations that have come through the wilderness with them. So God is keeping alive these pieces of the story along with his presence that's with them, just like the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. And he says, walk that ark into the Jordan river. And when they do, it splits just like the red sea. So not only do we have this language of Passover for, for Rahab with the scarlet cord. Now we're seeing somewhat of the pieces of Exodus being replayed again and all of Israel will come through the Jordan River it's not a, it's not a creek I, i've been there it's, it's 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 a big river and so it's not like you can just get right across and different parts the water's raging and things like that and it can get very deep so it parts and so it's a reminder first of all for israel that what i did then to take you out of egypt i am continuing to do i will part whatever i need to part mm-hmm. To get you into my promise, okay? Someone needs to hear that today. That that God is willing to do that. I will part whatever I need to to get you to my promise. Yeah. They come through the other side, and then Joshua turns it around. And it's funny. It's like you could get to the other side and go, okay, let's get ready for battle with Jericho. Instead, he says, take twelve stones, and we're gonna set them up. We're gonna erect them as monuments. What's the purpose of that? Like, why? Why, why do we need big rocks? place on the other side of the Jordan, he says, so that for generations to come, when your children come by and they ask, what are these, what are these here for? Right? It's like taking your kid to DC and they're like, what's that big monument for or whatever? Or what's that wall over there with all those names etched inside of it? Mm. What is that there for? And then you begin to tell them that's a war memorial. That, that's this. These are people that fought for our country, our freedom, whatever it is. That's the president. It's the same thing. I want you to turn around and tell them all that God did and how he parted the Jordan River to get you here. And this will be a memorial, it says, forever. So as long as those stones were there, they were to keep telling the story of God. And it's that reminder that we need the same things in our lives and homes. So many people have this this hidden personal relationship with God that no one sees, no one hears about. You're afraid to talk about it. You don't share it. All these things. You're not like Rahab. I believe he is God in the heavens above and the earth below. That's boldness. I know what your God did. Our hearts melt away in fear at who your God is. Listen to the language she uses. We keep it all hidden. Sometimes our spouses don't see it. Sometimes our kids don't see it. And then we wonder why they don't know who God is. They don't understand, you know, some of the disciplines, reading the word, praying, because we do all that in private. They never see that in front of them. Our house has more paraphernalia for for movies and, and, and toys than it does the word of God and the things of God. And it's like, what are the markers and memorials that you're setting up in your life and in your home wow. that your kids would say, what's that for? Mm. What was that about? Hey, that picture. Hey, where you were there. And you turn around and say things like, that's when I went on a missions trip. And we went to this place. And we got to help these people and share Jesus with them. Like, where are those moments in your life? Because we're seeing Joshua make sure they were in the story of Israel as a leader.
1: Yeah, which is which is great of him to honor, honor um, his ancestors, the past, um, just what God has done. Keep it fresh. Keep it relevant. Um, as you said, something that us as, as parents have to be intentional about. And so God saves us. He saves us from our past, and God invites us into his story through belief and obedience regardless of what that past may be. And so uh, we, we go on to Isaiah, which he prophesied. He says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are like red, like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat good of the land. Yeah, I like the, that man. The,
2: the two pieces of that, obviously, he's talking about salvation. Yeah. Your sins being, you know, crimson red. It's like that that crimson cord that Rahab hung mm. out the window. I I'll, I'll wash that white as snow. There, there, there's no greater moment in this piece of the story than knowing that Rahab, the prostitute with the reputation she was carrying, is becoming the hero in the story being used for God's glory and, and she's going to have a whole different reputation when it says done, right? A whole different uh, uh, perspective on her life because of the way she stepped up with belief and faith in God. But the second part of that verse, you know, I didn't pay attention to as much until I was studying for the story because That first part is always about it's Jesus, the Messiah coming. This is what his blood does for us Mm. through salvation. This is why he died on the cross, all those types of things. But it says, if you are willing and obedient, now we're back to that if word we keep looking at. Yes. There is a condition. Yes. Right? You're invited. God will save you from your past. He will invite you into his story regardless of your past. Anyone listening, watching that says I can't be used for God, you're 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 either lying to yourself, listening to the deceits of the enemy, or you're not paying attention to the truth of scripture and God's story. But the piece of that is willing and obedient. And then it says you shall eat of the good land. That good land is a reference to the promised land. Mm -hmm. It was the promised land then, obviously, for Israel. But it's the promised land to come. It's eternity. It's heaven. It's forever with God. And so he says, if you're willing and obedient, there's the two key words to pay attention to. The beauty is in the crimson red turn white as snow that happens, the change that happens in our life, especially in God's eyes for us. But it only happens. The willing and obedience, we also have to pay attention to because that's the important part. There are many people that want the crimson red turned white as snow, but they don't want to be willing and obedient for God. Mm. It doesn't work that way. You don't get to eat of the good land if you're not willing and obedient in God's story.
1: That's true, man. That is true. Uh, There is a cost. There is a cost in, in this, and it's being able to be willing and to be obedient. Um, and we see that. We see that with uh, Rahab, the willingness to help these, uh, these people, the obedience, faith. There's a lot. And so Joshua 6, 5, But Rahab the prostitute and her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Scriptures speak of her. Here we, here we are in Hebrews chapter 11:31. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had been given a friendly welcome. she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. James 2, 25 through 26. And in the same way, was uh way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? Like yeah. man. Uh, a, a re- such a redemptive story.
2: The the Canaanite, the enemy of Israel, the resident of Jericho, yeah, you know, the obvious, as we've been saying, prostitute. Yeah. Uh She's the outsider completely. And yet she gets taken in and her family with Joshua and all of Israel. Now they say that she lived outside of the camp because they're the Israelites and she would be considered a Gentile in that sense. But that picture is probably different when like outside the camp. But what it's trying to show is that she was, she was with them. Yeah, She was with them in that sense and had become part of the people who were following the God of creation, mm. right? And now you get to Hebrews, and the writer, he's writing about the great people of faith. And he's it's Abraham he's talking about, and, and Moses he's talking about. And then all of a sudden, Rahab shows up, and you're like, wait, we're talking about Abraham and Sarah and Moses and David and, and all these great people of faith. And yet Rahab's name shows up in that. That tells you the redemption of God, that someone who could have just settled, I am no good. I, my only value is in what my body offers to men. Let's just be honest, right? That's the role of a prostitute. The only value I have and the only worth is what I give up my body for, for the pleasure of some other guy, right? And God says, no, 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 no. You are way more valuable than that. Wow. There's so much more that you have to offer this world than just your physical body. And, and, and God says, I'll take that story. And if you put it and you willingly and obediently place it in my hands, I will put you among the greats with Abraham and Moses and all of them. And then James is the brother of Jesus. So he's writing about her. He's talking about faith without works is dead. Like you can speak about faith all day long and you can say all the right church answers and you can speak as spiritually as you want in your language, but with no faith in the works part, in the actions part, it's dead. So he goes, let's talk about Abraham. I mean, with Rahab. She not only says everything right, I know the God of Israel, I know his power, I it. believe in his rule and reign, yeah. she acts upon it when her whole life is now at risk, That's and her family before the king, she gets to be part of this great story of God, which is something she would have never thought, she wouldn't even be breathing, really, if she stays who she is
1: Yeah. in Jericho. And how many people would take that route, right, for safety, comfort? but she takes the, 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 the road less traveled. Yes. Right. I think we're all, we're all faced with that fork on the road in life. I mean, we, we have those situations that we're constantly going to face. It could be with your career. It could be with your marriage. It could be with your relationship with children, ministry, whatever it may be. You have a fork on the road to decide, um, am I going to take the road less traveled here? And it's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require obedience. It's going to require willingness. It's going to require an act of faith on my end. And that act of faith may not even be something that I can control or do. It actually might just be me just being still and just letting the situation, just letting God really take command of it. And I, I think in this generation that that is really a lot what God is requiring from a lot of our generation is to sit, sit, and let him do. Let him do what he needs to do, because this, you know, this culture is about hustle. It's about getting your own, going after it, uh, all the things that you can do. And God's really trying to break that and say, "I want you to be still. I want to show you what I can do when you just, just let me be the center of it and just pause with what you're doing." Um, and, and and so man, what a redemptive story in the sense that not only is she among the greats, right? the goats of our faith, but now her story integrates into the greatest story, the greatest person, our savior, right? what how amazing is that? that her story now integrates into the Messiah story, right? Now she, Rahab marries, what, uh, Salmon, Salmon. do I have that
2: right? Yep. They have a son, Boaz, who marries Ruth, a Moabite woman. So we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that, yep. reading Mm -hmm. Numbers 25 earlier, you know, within that story in a few weeks, their son is Obed, which makes Obed Ruth's grandson. And then his son becomes Jesse, so that's her great grandson. Mm. Jesse is the father David. of the king of Israel, David. So wow. we're back to wow. that idea that you cannot wake up today and say, God can't use me. That's good. You cannot look in the mirror and say, I'm too dirty. I'm too disqualified. I, I'm, I, I'm a disappointment to, to the world, to my family, to God, all that stuff. If you are willing and obedient, yeah. you can eat of the good land. You can, Your awesome. story can be used by God. If you take your story and you place it in his hands, I mean, we've been joking, right? Like, how do you title this story, right? <laughs> because it's such an unthinkable story. And in the church world, we try to like shape it just enough that it, it softens Mm -hmm. the reality. Yeah. But as we've been saying, like you could easily entitle this like hooker to air, right? Like in our current language of what a prostitute is, let's keep it real in how she was known for what she had been doing, but she becomes an heir. She, she inherits the promised land, not just with Israel physically, but for all eternity. Yeah. She she is the heroine that becomes the hero mm. in the story in the sense that now her name is in the family tree not just of King David as you said because we know Matthew comes along and in Matthew 1 he starts giving us the genealogy of yeah. Jesus which many people just skip over because they want to get to the birth of Jesus at Christmas yeah. in Matthew 2 but when you go back you will look and find Ruth's name is there. Not not all the other men's wives are named. So the women that are named there are given specifically because Matthew wants you to know that God's story has always included the outsider. It has not just been about Israel and this perfect bloodline of Israel. All of a sudden you get these other names, uh, 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 Rahab, uh, Ruth, that come into it and you're going, wait, that... How did that show up there? Mm. And it's a reminder of God saying, I write my story. I fulfill my promise. I will do what I need to do to accomplish what I need to have accomplished. Therefore, and my story has always included anybody, anybody, regardless of their past. That is willing. That is willing and obedient. That's it. To come into it. That's it. Take your story put it in my hands and watch what I can do with it, how glorious I can make it. And this story says, this is a beautiful, amazing story. Nice. I think some people need to just absorb today. There are people that wake up as we joke around sometimes a little too much and say, I feel like I belong more on a Jerry Springer show mm. than in church. Yeah. And God's saying, no, you don't, you don't need, you don't belong there. You belong with me. Come let me redeem your story. Look at Rahab and see the beauty I can create from the dirt and the dust that you have been rolling around in. Man, that,
1: that is fire. Woo. Episode 20, man. This is, this has been such a blessing. Uh, I just love the integration. Again, I love the, the, how everything is tying in together. We started this whole thing with saying scripture has symmetry and there is just a beauty in the symmetry When everything comes together and makes and it works. And so just as God is integrating the overall plan, there is symmetry in how he's integrating your plan in your life and what he's doing with you. Uh, Just trust and be willing and obedient. But, man, that was good. Fire, episode 20, man. Super,
2: super good. The sequels keep getting better. They do. They keep getting better. They do, man. You know, as we say, share this. Yeah. Subscribe to it. Please pass it on. Somebody needed to listen to this today and watch it, Yeah. but you may know of someone that needs to hear this and watch it because you know where they're at right now and their struggles. And this isn't our story. No, we're just taking you further into this piece of God's story and let the Holy spirit of God work with that. That's good, man. That's
1: good. If you have any questions, if you have any anything that we can help you, prayer requests, whatever, we're here, man. We're here for you guys. Submit your questions to postsundaypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just DM us on Instagram, uh, at postsundaypodcast. You can find us there. Follow us. Uh, share some of the reels that we got going out out there. We're on TikTok as well, guys. postsunday.podcast as well. Follow us there. And, and YouTube, YouTube as well, um, at at post Sunday podcast at YouTube. So we are on a lot of these social platforms. Uh, give us a shout, give us a like. Um, but yes, this was great. I'm so thankful to just be with you guys in this never ending story in the post Sunday podcast. Um, join us again next week as we continue this conversation. We love you guys. Grace and peace.
0: Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church, a place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.